Hey dads, this is Nathan. Welcome to episode four of Dad Lift by Dadversity. And in this episode, I sat down with James Hayborn to talk about all or nothing, dads who commit too much too soon to the process of getting fit and ultimately fall off that wagon because it's not sustainable. Uh, and ultimately they just do too much too soon. Hope you enjoy the episode. If you've got any questions at all, you can reach out to either me or James or post any questions at all into the Diversity Facebook community and one of the coaches will be straight back with you. Enjoy. Hey, Dads, welcome to the Dadlift podcast by Diversity, And I am joined by another one of the Diversity coaches, James Hayborn. James, how are you doing? I'm very well, Nathan. Thank you very much for having me on my... Um really excited for this yeah i'm buzzing about it actually you were one of the well obviously one of the first we're pretty slim on the amount of diversity coached in the group at the moment but obviously i remember our conversation how much energy you brought to it initially when we were talking about this and uh, and couldn't wait to get this podcast going weirdly we are so when i decided to do a podcast for the whole community we're like two weeks ago and this is i think this is episode five now Wow, that's good. Yeah, we're motoring along on the basis and the idea that we just ship things, just get things out, see what the community likes, see what value dads are getting from the content we're putting out there, but just ship it as quickly as you can and see where we go. So it's been the second recording of the day. We're on a, where are we at? On a Wednesday today. So we're halfway through the week. How's your week been generally? It's okay. much the same as you, I, I do have to check what actual day it is. It has been a busy one. As you know, my, my son's been a bit poorly as well. So the ever going struggle of trying to juggle things between childcare and work and a bit of self-care, if that's a thing. Yeah, it's been busy, but good. And you kind of realise, don't you, when even when it's your kind of vocation, it's your career doing the fitness-based stuff, how hard it is just with kids to stay on top of this. Like It's difficult, isn't it, at times? You just get a curveball almost every other day it feels like so so it's difficult but we are plowing on to give dads the advice to get fitness done and to make their lives better or at least a little bit healthier and on that note we which i think is a good name for this episode which hasn't been confirmed yet but all or nothing when it comes yep yep when it comes to dieting Um, so i'm the guy that says it's Monday or it starts on Monday and on Sunday night you're like waving a family-sized bar of whole nut around <laughs> for the rest of the week I'm not touching any more chocolate it's literally a case of all or nothing and then by Monday at three o'clock you've consumed like four or five hundred calories you feel <laughs> sick and all you want to eat is chocolate again so what are the common questions or misconceptions that dad have with dieting in the early days Okay, cool. So I love what you said there, because that is that rings true for so many dads. And it's a weird one, because I feel like it's almost built into us where we're conditioned to want to do things by the book, by the letter, on the money. And when we think about getting fit, getting healthy, losing weight, we automatically jump to chuck all the junk food out, no more booze, we're gonna suddenly ramp up all the training, you know, we're literally gonna go from nothing to all. We think that is the best strategy. And I don't know, I don't know why that happens. I don't really understand the psychology behind it, but that's exactly what everyone does. But then it very rarely works for a long enough time period that you can actually see any kind of real results that you are happy with, but also to bring you to a place where you know 
this is a part of life now. This is an embedded routine. This is the new me. Like it, it just never happened. So yeah, typical things I see are exactly that, that it gets to, you know, they reach a point where they think oh, I'm, at a, I'm not happy with my weight. I'm not happy with my shape. I'm not happy with my size. Clothes aren't fitting. Energy's in, in, the, in the floor. Not confident, you know, summertime, well, if, if you can call it summertime in Britain at the minute, but, you know, I'm not comf com comfortable taking my shirt off in public, whatever. Get to that point and think, right, I need to do something. And then we have these thoughts of, right, let's go, let's throw the kitchen sink at it. And what I found is that one, it's not realistic, it's never going to be sustainable. But two, we need to do it in a way that you can see lasting for the long term. So that's a lot of my approach. And everything I do is based on trying to find that middle ground. And people poo poo it because they think, well, what's the point? You know, I'm not going to see results fast enough. But I have a concept and I always call it the, you know, the BS seven out of ten. And what it kind of means is that whenever we start these things, we go straight to a 10. We go a hundred percent. We know we, we go we go all out, but it never lasts. So then we probably flip back down to like a two or a three and then we stay there for a while and that you know we feel bad so we go straight back up to a 10 again we always just bounce we yo-yo up and down never really getting anywhere you know you might lose half a stone or something in a week or two but then you then put that inevitably back on so you're literally just going around in circles so for me trying to start and stay at a six or a seven ish is the key that we can see steady progress do it in a way that fits into life, that works around business, works around the kids, family, still allows us to have an element of a social life, but it actually can become part of a habitual routine. So that's the general ethos of kind of how I work. Yeah, why are dads listening to this now and like internally rolling their eyes at this thought of being a six or a seven? Because I, I, that, I think that's a brilliant message and I think it's, absolutely the right thing to do like nobody can sustain nines tens every single day of their life it's just not possible unless you're going on a route to burnout yeah why do people roll their eyes at this stuff like six and seven it just doesn't sound sexy does it but it's got to be the no. way and that's it i think it's i don't know it's because they think it's not going to work quick enough and like we're in the culture nowadays where you know amazon prime uber eats deliveroo etc where that we just click our fingers and something comes instantly, you know, that there's no, there's no delayed gratification for anything and vice versa. People think that, well, if I don't go that hard, if I'm only training two or three times a week, I'm never going to get anywhere. Um, and that's the thing. I think people initially roll their eyes at it, but when they come to terms and realize that every time they've attempted to lose weight or get fit in the past and they've gone hundred percent and it hasn't worked, they then realize the all or nothing approach, the aggressive, restrictive, over the top approach doesn't work. And that's when they think, aha, maybe there is some sense to it. And then once it's like anything that, you know, once you've done it for a couple of weeks and you realize, oh, wow, the scale weight's going down. I'm feeling better on myself, less bloated, more energy, feeling a bit fitter. Everything's going in the right direction. It doesn't feel like I've made a tremendous change, i.e., I can keep this going. That's when they realize, ah, maybe there is some kind of sense to this despite it not being sexy is that a good place to start in terms of analyzing like past failures for dads when they're starting this process again so i think we've all been in this spot where we've done exactly that we've said right enough is enough the lifestyle has to change it's not going to be two takeaways a week it's not going to be 
like running once every you know couple of weeks i'm going to go to the gym more often i'm going to stop eating as much crap like we've all been at that point where we just have to say enough is enough i guess some people don't and they carry on ballooning but i guess everyone presumably hits that ceiling where where they have to make a change is it best to like analyze past performance and just say what went wrong like were the goals too lofty were they too ambitious was this thing of the gym five times a week six times a week weight training like just way too much from a standing start is that the best way to maybe take this initial approach or or how do you advise people kind of look at it in the very very early days so from day one if i was starting with a new client i would look at their recent history to see what they have been typically doing so we'd look at how many times they've been training and what you know what would they consider a workout what kind of things have they been doing and then look at it and think right realistically how often could you commit to this and actually see yourself doing it so rather than you know because they might say oh you know i go through fits and spurts of training five times a week but it doesn't last long and then i don't train for a month or whatever so i'll say okay well what about why don't we look at two or three workouts a week you know would that be feasible and they you can see that ticking over in their mind thinking well actually yeah so i could do mornings monday wednesday friday yeah, that could actually fit in before that meeting or dropping the kids off. you can see it ticking over and that is the kind of start point we start with the end in mind almost of like right what can you see yourself doing for the long term so we make it realistic but then the other part of it is we look at what's actually gone wrong in the past so has it been social events that normally sabotage things has it been work commitments has it been poor planning has it been has it been like you said having two loftier goals like what has been the thing or things that kind of typically have thrown you off track and what could we potentially put in place to minimize the chance of that happening again yeah i had my eyes open this morning we like i mentioned earlier ran another recording for Dadlift and spoke to one of the other coaches and he talked about so he runs a he's like a sports science type role for a semi-professional rugby club and he spoke about one of the guys in the team who is constantly in the gym legs shoulders like day splits everything five six times a week but he recently had a young family and he's struggling to fit the time in and he's just like it's it's crushed him because he loves the escape of having the routine being in the gym and he spoke this morning about like weight load, I think he called it, maybe it was something else, but it was basically this idea that reps times sets times weight equals its volume. And he could sit down and speak with this guy and say, look, actually going to the gym and doing these this routine three days a week is actually as effective as going five times a week and giving your body the space to recover. Is that another, just a general kind of way of viewing this where, you ha- obviously you have the appetite to go five times a week but going three times a week and training with more intensity perhaps and giving yourself more rest days could actually just be more beneficial for you yeah d- definitely and i think from a physical perspective yes because you've got more time to recover and you i think when you know you can only go a select amount of times you probably subconsciously would put more into that so i think yes from that perspective but you'll also feel better and like less overwhelmed because there's nothing worse than having a million things on your plate. And certainly with a new family or well, a family of any age, like we all know it's an additional plate to spin. We've got more dependence, more things to kind of focus on. So I think taking that weight off your shoulders of, 
oh, I've only got to think about three workouts this week rather than five, because it is hard. And I can imagine for someone of that level in the sporting field where it is part of their livelihood, it's part, you know, it's their life. That's a massive shift, like a huge, huge shift to make. And same, like a, a lot of the dads I work with, they once were in great shape and through you know, a, ch a change in role in work where it's more demanding or they're more desk-based or they drive more or whatever, or just the fact that time is limited from having a family, like it's, it is a difficult shift to not be able to train five days a week, two hours a piece. So you, you have to kind of go through that process of condensing it down and accepting that, that is the new norm, that we can absolutely make that an effective and efficient kind of time space and still get the job done kind of thing. So yeah, 100%. Nice, nice. I've never really thought about the intensity side of it before, but when I analyze my own performance in the gym, if I do go five times a week and I genuinely sit back and analyze it, honestly, it's pretty clear that like two, three of those times are at half pace. And yeah, feeling like going is me feeling like I'm being effective but actually I'm not being effective at all I leave not tired I've not really done a lot I've done like five exercises but they're all like lower weight than the day before for example so I'm just not sure it's effective going that many times for me obviously it changes for every person doesn't it let's talk about diet because I know you are you're keen to hit on this as well and I know we spoke a little bit about all or nothing and we spoke a little bit about kind of the routine how often you spend in the gym is there a way that people can kind of measure diet and what's the most effective way of them thinking about diet today if they're just overeating today for example what's the first step they should take to think more about diet what so, so if someone's literally over consumed eating yeah. too much fit, feel blimped out so well that my, my approach is based on tracking your calories so you, you know exactly the kind of intake that you're having on a regular basis so but in that very short term position i would first off just think that it is what it is accept it for what it is you've made those choices there's nothing you can do about it so let's draw a line and think about right well start starting afresh from now what can we do to change that so whether that's you know the rest of today you're going to draw a line and make a better choice or whether that's from you know it's late at night tonight and you're drawing a line before tomorrow either way but there's different approaches i have so in terms of calories and a lot of different stats I look at, I, I focus on a weekly average rather than just a set number per day, because I always find that really does kind of keep people stuck in that all or nothing mentality. So let's say that, you know, you've got you know, 2000 calories a day is your target that you're trying to hit. And let's say that you do make a poor choice or two and you end up going over that. You could sit there and beat yourself up and feel bad and feel guilty and all those things. And in that moment when you think, oh, well, I've hit 2,300 calories today or whatever, I've gone over my target, you then think, well, I've blown it for the whole week. I've ruined it. Also, I might as well just carry on as I am. And this is a mentality that so many people and like a moment that so many people have that they then think, well, well, I'll just carry on as I am because, I've, you know, I've ruined it now. But by looking at things as a week's average, we'll realize that no two days are ever exactly the same you know with being busy with being on the go being hectic blah blah, blah. some days you just naturally might miss a snack or miss a meal or you might under eat because you're rushing or whatever other days you do eat more whether it's because you were hungrier that day because you fancied a few glass of wine because the kids have been little so-and-sos and you then make a poor choice and you get a takeaway you have a social event whatever but some days are higher some days are lower and it doesn't matter provided that roughly on average we come through where we want to be so thinking about if you have kind of blown your calories for one day there's two options one we can just draw the line and say 
it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. We're not going to try and severely reduce the calories of the next few days to try and compensate because that would just be over the top. We're just going to accept it for what it is. Or if you have only gone over by a whisker, I would for the next couple of days trim off a little bit off your kind of ideal intake, which again, some days you naturally would do that without even thinking so that on average across the week, you're still going to be where you need to be. So that, that would be the kind of first port of call as such. And what's the, where can they start tracking this stuff? Because I know, like, so I've in the past and got recommended to use like my fitness pal. Where would you recommend doing it? Where's a good starting point to track like calorie intake? So, yep. So, so my fitness pal is my go-to, but that's, I don't have any affiliation. It's literally just because I think they're very user-friendly. Their database is huge. You know, it's really simple to kind of punch everything in, but you have there's so many different apps now. So if you like, if you've got Apple watch, if you've got a Garmin, if you've got a Fitbit, like a lot of them have kind of built in house versions nowadays. So it doesn't hugely matter, but my fitness pal, I know is quite simple. Um, so I would go on there, set up an account. I would fill out their initial kind of stats and the questions they ask, cause they'll set you a calorie goal based on age, height, weight, sex, activity levels, all those things. But the problem comes where they ask you, how much weight would you like to lose per week? And naturally, we're obviously going to go for a relatively high amount or what we think is a, a just return on the work we're putting in. So we might choose two, three, four pounds, whatever, which obviously means you're going to be on super low calories. So I would take that with a pinch of salt and I would go onto Google and type in TDE calculator. So that stands for total daily energy expenditure calculator. And basically that will give you, I think, a much clearer picture of the kind of energy that you're expending on a day to day basis. Once we know how many calories you're burning, so what your kind of maintenance calories are, I would normally say to drop 20 ish percent under that. And what I've found, and it's only a guesstimate, you know, for some clients, it does take a little bit of kind of trial and error to, to, to nail, you know, what their kind of best range of calories will be. But for most people, 20% under that number works a dream. And what it does is allows you to see steady progress because you're in just enough of a deficit, but it doesn't hugely impact on day-to-day -day life. So you can still factor in a takeaway with the kids once a week, or, you know, if you're out with the kids and fancy an ice cream, or if you do fancy a glass of wine or a couple of beers or blah, 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 you can work those in. So first port would be download my fitness pal, then go onto Google, search for a TDE calculator, find that out there. And what I normally get clients to do is, like, yes, we'll look at what they've been eating and I'll make some suggestions. But for most people, the simplest thing is, is just to become aware of what you're having on a regular basis, because nine times out of 10, if you go to pick up a large chocolate bar or whatever, for example, if you scan that into my fitness power, punch it in, you'll see the calories and you'll think, oh my God, this is like two thirds of my daily calories or whatever. You're then, you're going to think, well, well, I'm not going to have that because I can't eat anything else. And then you might then off the back of that, make a better choice. So for most people, just becoming aware and tracking honestly and accurately will make a big difference. Yeah. What are the, what are some of the hurdles dads need to look out for? Because obviously in an ideal world and you, you're, you're specifically coaching dads now, right? You've yeah, sure. That's your area of expertise, which is great for us and the dads in the community. What are some of the hurdles dads face when they basically just 
give up whilst we're in the middle of a program? Like, is it a case of like too much? Do we just is it just life gets in the way? What are the, some of the like the warning signs dads need to look out for when the middle of when they're in the middle of kind of transforming their life in this way and it just falls off the edge of a cliff? So typically it'll be trying to go too fast, too quick. That's the biggest again, that's the number one, do you think? I would say so. Like, yeah, you've got the typical things like time. It's all the different excuses that people come up with normally or the things that they think are holding them back, like lack of motivation or time or they're too busy, which are genuine things. You know, and as you know, time is a very limiting factor. But it's when you take a little bit of time to kind of plan and prep in advance, it doesn't take long. And what I don't mean is sitting there and cooking up seven meals for the next day and spending hours putting stuff into tough tupperware like it doesn't need to be that complex like to begin with if we focus on small changes that will collectively compound and kind of create the big movements all across the board that is the stuff that's really going to make the big difference so i like people to, to think about right let's look at what you currently eat on a day-to-day basis and think about how can we make a few small changes here and there rather than overhauling everything Let's track everything so you're aware of the calories coming in. And then week on week, let's make a few small tweaks off the back of it. And that's why kind of reviewing what, what happens on a week-to-week basis, looking at where things perhaps went wrong, you know, what obstacles kind of revealed themselves through the week, and then thinking, okay, what can I do to avoid that? Because normally it is very black and white. Like I'm following a diet, something crops up, it throws it off, of course. I then revert back to my standard a couple of weeks go by I then think oh shit I've lost track what's happened start the kind of rigid approach again so by just making these small changes in the beginning and then tweaking changing adjusting as you go before you know it you're in a much different much kind of different place so I, I think it is biting off more than you can chew trying to change things too much not be willing to kind of adapt and adjust I think that'll be quite a big one the um Planning is the biggest thing for me, like even to the point of planning what time I should go to the gym. I know we've talked about diet in this as well, but a diet is usually pretty semi-stable. It has been the last six months, but the planning the gym is the worst thing. I'll wake up in the morning and if the kids have had a crap night's sleep, I'm just not going at like half six, seven o'clock. There's just no chance. Yeah, of course, after that. And then you know what it's like. You record two podcast episodes in the morning, other stuff comes along, you take calls, you get, and if you've not, even little things like figured out where your gym gear is for that day. I'm not then getting changed out of my like gear to then get in my gym, work gear, yep. in the gym and then get showered. And then suddenly it takes three hours out of the working day. Like it's just for planning stuff. So for me, it's, it's as basic as like go in the morning first thing or go in the evening, but just get ready for it and get yep. all the stuff that you need ready for it. That's really interesting. So for you then, like it is first thing best for you and, you know, historically. You know what? I think I think the best for me personally is the middle of the day, but that's probably not the best for my work routine. So I think on a like just a really selfish note, if I would say, look, when would it be best to train? It'd be like one o'clock in the afternoon, like after lunch for an hour is typically when I feel like I don't know strongest, most engaged in training. The end of the day is after you put the kids to bed that it's like staring up at the top of the mountain, trying to get out of the house. Again. <laughs> You've like been led in bed for half an hour with a little guy reading him a book and you like drifting off yourself after a long day. It's like, it feels that feels too hard. The morning 
feels like it's going to be the most logical for me personally. I don't know what other dads think, but for me personally, I think somewhere between like half seven and nine o'clock, getting into a gym for yeah. that time, leaving by 10. You miss yeah. the working day, but then you've got a full focus like eight, nine hours ahead. Off uh, the back of it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so that, that's, so that is something that I would ask a new client and kind of, we would get that kind of in focus first of all. So let's say, I don't know, I, I would always say that three times a week is a sensible kind of target to go for. So if we were saying, right, well, we're looking at three mornings a week and it doesn't have to be, but it might be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that allows for things to crop up so like you say if the kids have been up all night one of them's poorly one of them's teething one of them's whatever and then you've had a poor night and so you you end up snoozing your alarm or whatever that then ruins that but it could well be that you then think right well my backup is the kind of one o'clock post lunch I'll move some things around I kind of I'll go then or it could be let's just write off today accept it what it is tomorrow's when we're going to go for it the other thing would be that is having backup options so thinking I work best in a gym, but some mornings you think, and so, so I personally, I haven't actually worked out in a gym for like probably 19, 20 months or something now. I've done all my training from home. I've literally got a bunch of free weights in my shed and I'll train either in the front room or in the garden. And I made that call because it sounds ridiculous when I actually think about it. But for me, driving 15 minutes to my gym, parking the car up, walking through the car park, chucking my stuff in the locker, saying hello to a few people, then actually doing a 45 hour long workout, then repeating the process. It took like best part of two hours and it was just eating into my day and it it just didn't seem logical. So since then it's worked brilliantly and that's not going to be everyone's cup of tea. Some people can't train at home because you know they want to they want to escape that environment. But what I do think is important is that if training from a gym is for you, like like you said, like let's say mornings are best the night before before you go to bed make sure your gym kit your bag your bottle your headphones your change of clothes your whatever you need is there and ready and that's one of the first things you see because that'd be such a big kind of powerful reminder and not just motivator but because you'll literally look at it and go "Ah, yeah right i'm gonna go so that's the first thing but then let's say you do over overslept uh, oversleep or something having some backup things that you could do from home where it's like a 20, 25 minute little blast, where it's not going to be as efficient as if you actually went to the gym for 45 minutes, but it's still going to do something. That's a big part of it because a couple of those thrown in here and there is better than nothing. And again, it's moving away from that all or nothing of black or white of, I have to go to the gym and do a full hour. Or that actually, if I did a 25 minute blast at home, I'm going to get a sweat on, I'm going to get out of breath. You know, I'm still going to kickstart my day. I'm going to energize myself. So it's having some of those things in place, but knowing that you've got a safety net option as well. So I don't know, you know, and this is the thing that when I work with a client, it's giving different options and ideas for them to go, oh yeah, that is a great idea. And that'll work for me rather than me saying, you have to do this on this day at this time, because it's just don't know maybe if you're in your early 20s and you've got no kids and no commitments you can just commit to a plan and adhere to it but i think when we get a little bit older and we've got other things to think about you have to have more flexibility and think about what's going to fit better you know what i've never really had i mean there's been the odd occasion where i've had a pt before 
but only like for a, a short period of time. I've just never really invested in it, which in hindsight is probably the wrong thing to do. Actually, it makes sense to have a PT and have a coach of some sort. I think in every area of life, right? In careers, in yep. fitness and everything, if you can afford it. But having just the conversation and just having someone else there to just understand the nuance of your situation. So you train from home. I don't want to train from home because I work literally in a man cave all day on my own doing recruitment stuff. Obviously, the adversity is the side projects and the passion projects. But I I actually quite enjoy going to the gym, meeting a few yep faces seeing a few guys that I chat to about the football for five minutes a day and if it takes a couple of hours and you know it takes a couple of hours it's not ideal when it's in the middle of the working day but it's kind of part of the whole experience for me but it's so different for everyone isn't it yeah it's mad until you speak about it with someone who's totally impartial to your situation it's really hard to get like clarity on it because I've been banging it's ridiculous how long that question has been buzzing around my mind morning afternoon or evening what should I do it's been for like months and then having that 30 second conversation <laughs> has kind of solved it in my head which is crazy I suppose when you internalize things for too long you just never get to an answer do you and you procrastinate that's it yeah completely but so that's the thing like with what I do as as long as someone is hitting some of the basics so in, like for me in terms of workouts like anything you do is going to be beneficial for health for fitness so you know if you think about the long-term benefits all those kind of good things for mental health whatever like you know some people's jam is going for a run some people like to lift weights from uh the kind of dads that i work with want to lose you know could be a stone could be three stone they want to get back into their medium t-shirts that they want to feel confident in themselves not a question of getting a six-pack and bodybuilding that kind of stuff but in order to really see some decent shape change boost your energy and feel confident again a lot of that revolves around lifting weights and because time is of the essence and we have to make it efficient and effective it is more about circuit training it is more about being efficient and effective and minimizing rest time so it, you know it could well be for yourself that you have you still go and tick the box and satisfy the need you have to engage with others to be part of the community to see other people especially being working on your own all day but it still that you have a, I don't know, a 30, 40 minute routine that you know is short and sweet, it's intense and it ticks all the boxes. Um, so, so, so yeah, but I mean, it, it really doesn't matter. Like some people will argue that cardio is best in the morning and that your body's better and you'll feel stronger of an evening once you've had a few meals and scientifically that probably is true, but it's about what works for you and what you're more likely to be able to actually do for a long enough time period to A, see results and B, make it part of an actual ingrained routine so that you achieve the result, but then you maintain it. And that's the biggest thing. So for me, it doesn't matter what people do. It's about hitting the, hitting the basics, but making it fit in for them. And it's, you know, it's just part of my job to, to do that. To, what we've just done is have a conversation back and forth and think, so for them to go, yeah, actually that works. And for them afterwards to think that's not overwhelming. I actually believe that I can do this. That is realistic. You know, rather than saying you've got to train five times and because for most people in the beginning, when motivation is high, they'll probably do it. But once the novelty's worn off and the excitement's dulled down, that's when they start thinking, shit, I can't do this. Yeah. You've, this conversation has been, I, yeah, I've really enjoyed this actually, because it's, well, firstly, just from a really selfish perspective, it solved a couple of challenges that I had. <laughs> I'll, was, I'll send you an invoice. Yeah, <laughs> to that. you're not going to lie. The next part is given me the inspiration to kind of 
pick some dads who want to get involved out of adversity to do like a 30-day crash course with one of our coaches, but to record the process as like a version of a podcast or something, just to show the dynamic and the difference between how people feel and their lifestyles and all the nuance and everything else. So you're going to be pissed when you realize I'm not paying your invoice. You're going to be even more pissed when you realize you've got <laughs> 30 days coming up, but no, I really enjoyed it, Jay. It's been good. I, uh, yeah, it's been good fun. I thanks so much for coming on and I'm sure you'll be on again soon. This episode is going to be released Wednesday. I, you can find James as well. He's tagged on our adversity coaches notion page, and it'll also be tagged on this episode when it goes out. Well, thanks so much. Really enjoyed it, James. Mate, honestly, I really enjoyed it. And that time's gone really fast. Like I've, yeah, it's just flown by, but I've, it's been great to kind of talk through some things. It's been great to kind of actually help you and give some value. And obviously for the dads in diversity, hopefully there'll be some light bulb moments and some simple things. And as I've said, that's the key I want to deliver. It's not a case of you have to go all guns blazing, but actually just making three or four small changes will be ample to see some results but more importantly that you can actually keep that going so yeah really hope that helps no solid advice thanks mate cool pleasure mate